The Who Is This Here Lifestyle Connoisseur podcast is being produced in Miami, Florida. The place of beautiful people, beaches, amazing restaurants, and of course, the Miami Heat, Marlins, and Dolphins. Our current series is called Creative Entrepreneurial Women Who Are Reshaping Entrepreneurship for the Future. We have Natasha Wright of the Diamond Butterfly Events and Social Media Marketing. We'll be explaining her entrepreneurial journey. Hi, how are you? You're welcome. This interview with Natasha Wright was sponsored by Magnatax.com. Don't spend another minute trying to form your next venture alone. Magnatax.com and their team of cloud accountants can have your company up and running in days legally. Use coupon code WHOISTHISYEAR during checkout. Natasha, what sparked you to become one of the rising event planners in South Florida? planning different events since, since I was in high school. I was a part of various organizations, you know, certain kinds of realizing skills. And of course, uh, probably one of the biggest events apparently was my birthday party, which was, you know, one of the parties that a lot of people were born to. So um, I find it interesting that I'm now in this space, but I also think that it's a, it's a natural picture of uh, things that have happened. It's actually going to be um, two years since I've been um, doing event planning. And I like to call myself an event curator, actually. Okay, that's that's definitely a yeah. more um, tasteful and uh, elegant way of putting it. Absolutely, in the same way that you call yourself a lifestyle connoisseur. Yes. I think uh, it certainly gives uh, you know, a pop of elegance and class. And um, the jury thinking about you know, ways in which you can bring together different elements to um, add to an event that would make it much more of an experience for people. Definitely. And who is your target market when you're providing event planning and management and social media? Well, my target market is coaches, speakers, and social entrepreneurs. Um, I really want to work with people who want to change the world, who want to be different, and want to go against the grain and just disrupt the ordinary. Maybe those are the types of people that I want to work with. Uh, initially, when I started my business, I was kind of like, you know, I want to work with everybody. You know, I remember someone asking me that question. I was like, anybody, everybody is my, my, my target market. You know, I want to work, work with them all. Uh, so I really realized that there is, you know, certainly um, some value to drilling down on your target market and being very specific about the type of people that you want to work with and the ones that you know that you can specifically serve and um, provide value for them as well. Most definitely. Uh, I can definitely say for myself, uh, I had to find out that the hard way. So um, I'm glad that you, within two years, have figured out, you know, who's your target market and, and why you should be serving them. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it certainly goes to, um, to me investing in myself, too, you know. Um, although I have done um, sales and marketing with the companies that I've worked with before, um, when you're doing it for yourself, you, you're kind of in the face of, well, I just want to make sure that I'm out there and I work with everybody and try to get, you know, the money where I can. And so, you know, regardless of your experience and skill set, sometimes it doesn't necessarily immediately transfer into you doing those same things for your business. And it's certainly a process that you have to go through. Um, I'll also say that, you know, one of the the main ways that I was able to drill down on my target market uh, is because I invested in myself and I went into a program that was very rigorous and um, really gave me 
the steps to um, identify my brand better and also focus in and narrow down on who it is that I want to serve. And uh, for the audience, could you maybe explain that uh, program? Maybe they would want to know about it and possibly join. Um, well, it's a program. It's, it's, it's a program called Conferences Done Right, um, and it's by Denise Hart. And um, obviously, because I'm in the event planning space, I want to be able to learn different ways and sales strategy to make events more profitable. Uh, I think a lot of us, uh, we're not able to fully maximize on how profitable an event can be, and so that's one of the reasons why I took that program. And so within it, there were there was a bonus um, a brand strategy, uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but a bonus brand strategy tip, I guess. Um, and it's really about you know, 26 pages and you have to go through your brand step by step and really come up with your mission statement who you want to serve um, and Okay, Lifestyle Connoisseurs, each interview, our guests will provide one tip or tool. And for this episode from Natasha Wright, we have Denise Hart and her Conferences Done Right program. We have been given a special promotion for you. Go to whoisthisyear.com slash conferences done right and click on the banner for more info. You no know, ways in which you can just uh, clarify who you are as a personal business. What are some of the inspirations for the event concepts that you display? And could you give us some examples of, you know, what you've done, whether it's using event planning or adding the uh, social media component to it? My inspiration is I want to make people happy on an epic level. Like, I just want to create spaces where people are happy and feel alive and feel great. Uh, two tenants of my business that I always want to hit, no matter what I'm doing, is does it, expi- does it inspire, enlighten, or empower? Um, so really, when I think about um, any event that I'm doing or um, any clients that I'm working on on the social media side, you know, usually I want to be able to hit those, those marks. Um, also, you said that you wanted to know what are some examples. Yes, definitely some um, examples that would give everyone a good picture of how you use your inspirations to please the client. Um, well, I think one thing is definitely um, setting an intention. I think setting an intention for the experience that you want people to have um, certainly makes a difference. And I know that it's not something that's that's tangible, but uh, you know, when you're planning an event, there are so many things that could just go south. And uh, you know, of course, you want to you know, secure the venue, you want to secure vendors, you want to you know make sure that the decor is on point, you want to make sure that you, you know, come up with your sales strategy um, or your nurturing strategy. But at the same time, um, you know, if all goes not, you want to still have the, set the intention for what you want people to be left with. So that if everything doesn't go perfectly, they're still left with that experience. So, you know, what, for example, um, I recently did an event and, um, you know, there were some things, some immediate uh, technology issues, I should say, that we were having. And um, me and the other co-organizers, what we really wanted was for people to be left with them having great connections, 
that the, the, the vibe of the event was electric and vibrant and that uh, they felt like they, they left learning something new. And so I felt that even though we had some technology issues and it didn't necessarily go exactly how we wanted it to go, that, you know, people had the um, experience that we wanted them to have. So I think that that's definitely one part is the, the intention of what you want people to feel. Um, one of the, the quotes for me that I love is by Maya Angelou, is, is where she says, you know, people not, might not remember what you said or what you did, but they would always remember how you made them feel. And so when you're planning an event or you are uh, curating anything where you know, they're going to be attending, think about how you want to make them feel. Definitely. I, I can see how, um, you know, making someone have the right expectations and you fulfilling those expectations could make uh, the whole experience a, a great uh, time. And so before starting your journey in the event planning space, did you ever have any other inspirations to start your own business? Um, for sure, uh, you know, my father owned his own business, um, you know, since I was a child. I've never known him to, you know, work with anyone. So from a very, a very early age, I've had that experience of, you know, having one of my parents own a business. And so, of course, when you see that firsthand, where you know that, you know, it's possible for you to do that and it's possible for you to take care of yourself and take care of your family by owning your own business, um, you know, setting your own hours and be able to have that flexibility, uh, that definitely sparked within me that entrepreneurial bug. And so since I was a kid, I felt like I've always wanted to do that. I've always tried to, you know, figure out ways that I could make money as a kid. Um, so, you know, if it, I, I remember I used to, you know, like sweep up the salon um, that was next door to my father's business and, you know, have her pay me something for, for me to do that. Um, just like good, different things, uh, just always thinking about ways in which I could um, make money as a child. <laughs> um, so I've, I've, I've always wanted to, but you know, certainly once you get older, it, it, it seems a lot harder than I would have thought when I was growing up and had those dreams or aspirations. Definitely, I can I can definitely see um, you know having uh, I too my parents um, always owned the business and um, you know that that was kind of bred in me from a young age. So I mean, I remember my first business was selling mangoes, <laughs> and so nice. okay, yeah, yeah. So I've definitely elevated since Did you grow then. Up in the island? No, no, no. But um, my dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But my dad, um, he had a store as well, and and so he would have my brothers and I instead of you know going out and playing in the yard, he would give us like two or three boxes of mangoes and like park us in front of the post office and have us sell it to the neighbors. So it was kind of his way of you know making us entrepreneurs without. Forcing it, so yeah, you know it's funny because I was actually thinking about this recently, and I said that I would probably do like a Facebook post just to have an initial survey of how many people who are now entrepreneurs, uh, you know, 
how many of those people had a, a parent or a grandparent or some family member who were entrepreneurs as well. And that kind of sparked the entrepreneurial bug within them. So it's very interesting. It's always interesting to hear because um, a lot of entrepreneurs that I've met, I noticed that they have a parent or, or, or some immediate family member who were entrepreneurs. And so uh, I guess that, you know, placed in their mind that that's something that's possible. So that, that was also interesting find out more information about. Yeah, you should definitely definitely put that out there. Um, I too try to yeah, find yeah. out, you know, who who's an entrepreneur on my Facebook page or Facebook friends. I think it's a yeah. little harder because sometimes people are juggling both um, their job and trying to be an entrepreneur. So sometimes they're not as comfortable with telling the world, hey, you know, I have these dreams and goals. But, you know, I tell people when they ask me like, hey, I want to be like you. And I'm like, this is not really something that you want to be like. It's, it's either in you or you you have to kind of nurture it and, and grow it. So, yeah, if they started at a young age and had that bug, it's a lot easier because you can always, I literally revert back to my childhood sometimes. You had an imagination because um, going back to that story of my father, he told us to sell it for 50 cents. But I told my brothers when we had the cardboard box that we would put a dollar just so, you know, we can make a profit and, you know, have some right. spending money. Because obviously you had to pay back my dad <laughs> the amount for the... Uh, right, exactly. You so know. you're like, we didn't even make some money for ourselves, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it. <laughs> yeah, so... And that's um, good. Yeah, so... Yeah. so We're um, like a young customer. <laughs> well, I, I definitely... I say, you know, it's, it's a lot better now. So my brother still works for me, so... Um, so we have different projects that we work on now and I mean it's that same intensity you know we have to think about being imaginative because we can't do it the same way as another business would you can't say oh you know we have 10 employees that can do this we have to say all right we're gonna we'll use this this website that can do this for us and and that will take away the time that we would spend doing it so we're definitely learning. We are taking a quick break in our interview with Natasha Wright to introduce another sponsor for this episode. Rumshaker at gmail.com. BigBossHog at yahoo.com. Give your brand more than just a laugh and get a custom email address and more at digitalverb.com. That is digitalburv.com. Learning and, um, you know, adjusting to this new uh, tech-driven uh, economy. With your event planning, do you provide services nationally or internationally? Right now, South Florida. But certainly, when you say nationally and internationally, I have my sights <laughs> um, in, you know, growing uh, to be a global brand. Um, you know, I certainly see a vision and a dream for myself that is, you know, far beyond where I am now. And I would want to get into different cities and countries and um, just really do some epic events. Um, so I have my sights on it, but right now I'm local. Local with a global mindset. Hey, that's how you got to do it. Wow. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. And so, uh, before we leave, could you give the audience any notable um, events or highlights from some of your events that you would want to share that would kind of let them see just how, um, you know, focused and, and uh, impactful your your events are? Um, yeah, one 
notable one is the one that I referenced earlier, which was called Dream Girls, and it was a film screening uh, with panel discussion and networking for women of color. And it really, and, and really, the, the film was about just sharing the amazing stories of other female entrepreneurs. And the event was a gathering of, you know, almost a hundred women um, who are business owners or professionals who are aspiring to be business owners. And it was just an amazing, amazing event. It just had such great energy. Everyone was so supportive. And it really just got us present to the fact that, uh, you know, women of color are starting businesses at a very fast rate. However, one of the issues is that um, in terms of revenue, our businesses lag behind. And so those were some of the things that we discussed at the event. Um, and so I think that just having those types of conversations of, you know, bringing amazing women together uh, is what made this event a notable highlight for me. Um, another one that I will be working on will be called Birth of a Woman, which should be in August. Um, so I would definitely love for your listeners um, to check out my uh, website or my Facebook page for uh, the upcoming uh, dates for that event. But I, I will have other things going on throughout the year, but you know that's one that's comparable to the, uh, the highlight event that I mentioned just now. Well, I, I can definitely tell you, uh, we, we appreciate your time and, and, um, and that event that you spoke of, the Dream Girls, that's, that's really what kind of sparked my, um, series is, um, I have a friend, she, you know, she does jewelry and, and she just asked me to create a, a blog post and, and to me, I just felt like that wasn't going to be enough and I felt like she needed more. I guess you would say more support in a sense of what other women are doing with their businesses and why, and to kind of show her what she needs to gain the confidence to step up what she's doing. And obviously I'm a man, so it's a little bit different coming from my voice, but if she hears it from um, the voices of her peers, uh, I felt like it would be a more inspirational. So uh, it's definitely, definitely taken I, um, <laughs> a positive uh, course so it's grown from me just doing a blog post to a podcast to a web series and so I'm taking it very serious uh, because my background is not media at all and um, I'm a numbers guy so uh, me just coming in here and being able to create this platform, I just feel honored to, you know, speak with women of your stature. So thank you for your time, Natasha. And um, I definitely look forward to seeing uh, more events and uh, your success in South Florida and beyond. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, thank you folks for joining. I think that this is an amazing platform and, and an amazing medium to just get the word out about, you know, other women who are doing amazing things and um, to inspire other women as well to just really um, take that entrepreneurial path or, you know, just to get started, you know. So um, I really want to acknowledge you for what you're doing, my brother, um, and uh, just stepping out and, and, and doing what your spirit is calling you to do. I think that uh, you will start inspiration to others as well. And so I just want to thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Who Is This Year Lifestyle Connoisseur podcast and our interview with Natasha Wright. Share the life of lifestyle entrepreneurs and our web address, www.whoisthisyear.com and on social media at whoisthisyear, that is spelled W-H-O-I-S-D-E-S-I-R to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archives area on our website for previous podcast episodes. This has been a Desir production. Join the lifestyle for another edition of the Who Is This Year Lifestyle Connoisseur podcast.